0: Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about birth injuries. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerotofinals.com/birth-injuries, or in the neonatology section of the Zero to Finals Pediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. Being born is quite a traumatic experience. It becomes even more traumatic if there are complications such as shoulder dystocia, failure to progress or an instrumental delivery. And there are some key injuries that we're going to go through that can occur during birth. Firstly, let's start with caput succedaneum. Caput succedaneum or caput involves fluid or edema collecting in the scalp outside the periosteum. Caput is caused by pressure to a specific area of the scalp during a traumatic prolonged or instrumental delivery. The periosteum is a layer of dense connective tissue that lines the outside of the skull and does not cross the sutures, which are the gaps between the baby's skull bones. The fluid is outside the periosteum, which means that it's able to cross the suture lines and it can go across the sutures. This is important because it helps you distinguish it from a cephalohematoma. Usually there's no or only mild discoloration of the skin and it does not require any treatment and it will usually resolve within a few days. Next let's talk about cephalohematomas. A cephalohematoma is a collection of blood between the skull and the periosteum. It's below the periosteum. It's caused by damage to the blood vessels during a traumatic, prolonged or instrumental delivery and it can be described as a traumatic subperiosteal hematoma. The blood is below the periosteum, therefore the lump does not cross the suture lines of the skull. Again, this helps us to differentiate it from caput. Additionally, blood can cause discoloration of the skin in the affected area. Usually a cephalohematoma does not require any intervention, and it resolves without treatment within a few months. There is a risk of anemia and jaundice due to the blood that collects within the hematoma. When it breaks down this releases bilirubin and can cause jaundice. For this reasons the babies are monitored for anemia, jaundice and for the resolution of the hematoma. Next let's talk about facial paralysis. Delivery can cause damage to the facial nerve. Facial nerve injury is typically associated with a forceps delivery. This can result in a facial palsy which is weakness of the muscles of the face on one side. Function normally returns spontaneously within a few months. When the function does not return, they may require neurosurgical input. Next we'll talk about Erb's Palsy. And Erb's Palsy is a result of injury to the C5, C6 nerves in the brachial plexus during birth. It's commonly associated with shoulder dystocia, traumatic or instrumental deliveries, and a large birth weight. Damage to the C5, C6 nerves leads to weakness of shoulder abduction and external rotation, weakness of arm flexion and weakness of finger extension. And this leads to the affected arm having a waiter's tip appearance with an internally rotated shoulder, an extended elbow, flexed wrist which faces backwards so the wrist is pronated and a lack of movement in the affected arm. Function normally returns spontaneously within a few months. When the function does not return they may require neurosurgical input. Next let's talk about a fractured clavicle. A clavicle may be fractured during birth. A fractured clavicle can be associated with shoulder dystocia, traumatic or instrumental delivery or a large birth weight. A fractured clavicle can be picked up shortly after birth or during the newborn examination with a noticeable lack of movement or asymmetry of movement in the affected arm, asymmetry of the shoulders, with the affected shoulder lower than the normal shoulder, and pain and distress on movement of the arm. A fractured clavicle can be confirmed with ultrasound or x-ray. Management is conservative, occasionally with immobilization of the affected arm. It usually heals well and the main complication of a fractured clavicle is injury to the brachial plexus with a subsequent nerve palsy. Thanks for listening to this episode on birth injuries. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. If you found the podcast helpful and you want written notes on this topic and all the other topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Pediatrics book. You can also get full audiobook versions of the Zero to Finals books on Audible and you can find notes, videos, illustrations and questions completely free at zerotofinals.com and I hope you tune in to the next episode which will be on neonatal sepsis.